Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe Studios, a rainy and gray Radio Harambe Studios in this January... Or is it February? No, it's January. It's January, January still. <laughs> January morning. Uh, and joining me, that voice you hear skulking over my shoulder, as usual, is Safari Mike. Mike, how are you? Jumbo Dave, I'm well. Uh, Mike, what we wanted to do today is uh, return back to a... Um, Fan favorite? A fan favorite, a concept of yours that we've done a couple of here, uh, and this will be another installment in the 10 Things You Didn't Know About, and today is Expedition Everest. I think this is our third one. This, what were the other ones? The first one we did was Gorilla Falls, and the second one we did was The Boneyard. Did we do the Gorilla Falls like right after they changed the name <laughs> back to Gorilla Falls? Uh, not right after, but... <laughs> I want to say it was maybe late summer, early fall, maybe. I, I still call it Pangani when I'm there. I still, yeah, well, I still do. I can't. I can't help that. I don't. I just. I, I, I think I did a couple of times during that show. I think you did. Yeah. It's still. I mean, it's you know, Mike. When we were there last time, I, and, and and I'm just recently back from a uh, a trip and to, going again soon. I'm going next week. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who think I hate Disney. Um, You're going there like seven I'm times. I'm going there like seven times this year, yeah. <laughs> Spending a truckload of money while I'm there. But um, neither here nor there. Uh, I was in Pingani and we came off the Gorilla Falls. The Gorilla Falls. We came <laughs> off the, the safari truck and there was a bachelor gorilla mm-hmm. sitting right there staring at us. It seems it's rare that you see them there. Why does it seem so rare that they're there? Because then we kept going back, and because my son thought it was every time we'd get off the safari truck, and he wants to go on the safari truck every t- possible time he right. can, because um, he loves that. Uh, when, once we get off, he, he would run over there thinking the gorilla's there. They're not always there. No, is, not it always. Just, is it just the viewing? Is that j- yeah. Are you looking at the backside of yes. the left of the main? Yes, that's back- exactly what okay. you're looking at. And it's a small portion of them. I mean, they have a big... Area and that's only sort of like a small section. I do have a. Uh, a I didn't know if that was like maybe they put the bad guy over there. No, know, the one who's being no, no, no. Fresh it's all today. part of the <laughs> a bigger exhibit. Okay. Did gotcha. you see the tiger puppies? And I purposely said puppies. Uh, I did not. What this time I did not. Be- uh, well, because they were pretty random. Yeah, it is random. It, yeah. And um, we went over there a few times. We actually went back there a couple of times under the advice of a handler who said, you know, give them an hour. They just went in. There was one time where they had just gone in. Okay. Um, there was one time where they were there. 
I mean, I was in, I was at yeah. my room. They were there, but you couldn't really see them because the the mom was laying down and they were kind of lying behind her. Okay. So you just saw like the top of an ear there. I, so you I, sort of saw them. Saw them. I, and same with the hippo. I was just gonna ask, did you see the baby hippo? It's exactly the same. I saw the baby hippo was on stage every safari we went on, but underwater all, every time. Right. So you saw he was there, but that's gonna be a tough one to see because they don't they rarely come out of the water. Right, it'd you be know, more. Well, the babies tend to come out a little bit more, but yeah. I mean, he didn't even stick his head up right. each time we were by. But the the interesting thing about that was you knew you knew he was there, you knew the baby hippo was there because there were cast members, you know, sitting on mm-hmm. that guardrail mm-hmm. for the for the exhibit on the truck side, so sure. not not over by where the Wilds uh, Africa Trek would be. Right, this was. You know, come within a foot of hitting the truck. There's always one or two there just watching and and filming or taking pictures and little notes, all that kind of stuff. So you knew they were there. The baby's so small that they haven't even separated it from the mother yet to find out if it's a boy or a girl or to examine it or anything like that. They'll do that in the coming weeks, I guess. But right now they have no idea. They're just letting it uh, bond with the mom. Yeah, and that's all it's been doing. It's just lying there next to them, just like hiding behind its mother the whole time. And uh, But like I said, I'm going to be there next week, be there a little bit more. We're actually going to be staying at uh, Kidani Village for a few nights coming up. Um, next weekend, so I'm hoping I have an opportunity to see the uh, the cubs, the 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 tiger cubs, the puppies, as you called them, a little more. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it stunk because, like I said, we there were a couple times where we went, we they weren't there. Oh, uh, they just went in, give them an hour, or mm-hmm. they've been out for a while. They haven't been in 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 on display on on in you know on stage for a while. Give them give them a little while, come back. We come back, still not there. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. So it's 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 off and on. Um, but everybody knows that it's there mm-hmm. and, you know, they shouldn't be telling people <laughs> come back in an hour if they're not sure they're going to be back in an hour. Right. I mean, well, I'm easy. I don't really care, but other people would be really pissed off. Yeah. You could see people getting annoyed. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we are here to discuss Expedition Everest. We are. The, uh, incredibly expensive e-ticket uh, attraction built and opened in 2006. Um, certainly one of Joe Rody's crowning achievements. The estimated cost of it was something like $100 million or you know, some some ridiculous sum like that. Which is nothing nowadays. But which is nothing ahead. nowadays, but it's still $100 million. Yep. Um, a fraction of the cost they would have for bringing in giant pandas. But I digress. Um, and it, it was at the time... Listed as the Guinness Book of World Records most expensive roller coaster. Really? Yeah, well, at the time. Um, but it took six years to build. It's incredibly gorgeous, and it is not just a coaster, as Mike is about to tell you. <laughs> By any means, it is not just a coaster. It is certainly one of the most, uh, certainly one of the richest in backstory for sure. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, this is this is. This is the place where Rody did his thing, right? When it comes to uh, research and backstory and all that kind of stuff. In fact, he kind of sort of fell in love with the area, you know, with the Himalayas and that sure, kind of stuff. Sure, and, and do the uh, yeah. He's done so many different Snow things. Snow Leopard yep. movie, Leopard in yep. the Land, and all that. He did so much artwork based on it. I mean, he seemed to really be uh, taken by it. But I have confidence, by the way, in you, Dave, for this time for getting at least five right. Five of these. The the Junos. Oh, okay. Yo, I'm always honest with these. I'll tell you if I knew yes, or didn't. You haven't come close with the first two, but I no, I was terrible. I in the suspect first two. 
you'll do better on this one. I mean, I think on the on the Gorilla Falls one, I got maybe I knew maybe two. Yeah, I think it was only a couple on each one. But <laughs> this one, I'm this one, I know more about. Are you ready? Yes, Dave. If you, as all of you maybe know, Everest is actually not the big mountain that you see in the foreground. I knew this. Oh, this is not the question. Oh, I'm you. sorry. Settle down. Darn, darn, darn. Is not the big mountain that you see in the foreground. That is actually the Forbidden the Mountain. The Forbidden Mountain, that yes. That is part of the title, and that is the home of the Yeti. Everest is actually the smaller mountain in the back to the right, looking directly at um, the attraction. Um, and they do that. Everest is supposed to be bigger than the Forbidden Mountain, but you know they're using scale. They're trying and, to use that right. force perspective, yeah. Yeah, force perspective. Dave, did you know that the shrine located near the Siamang exhibit down the road and across the water from Expedition Everest is actually built in the shape of the mountain. No. You didn't know that? The Say it again? So the shrine that is across the water right by the Siamang exhibit. Oh, 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 the thing you take the picture of with it in the background. I thought you built. were talking about something on the... No, yes, no. I didn't. Is I, in the shape of the uh, Expedition Everest The thing that's Everest right along the water that you look past it over the lagoon to Everest. It's like a little... Correct. Yes, I did know that. Now the stadium is sort I thought you were talking about of... something in the Siamang exhibit. That's, nope. It was the Siamang thing that threw me there. Well, but... I was trying to identify it. It was near the Siamang It has exhibit. a name, that thing. The shrine itself? Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know the It end. does have a name, and I used to know it, but I'll come up with it. All right, it. so Dave, you got one. See, I, I had confidence. Yeah, that one you. I knew. That one I knew. The kingdom of Anandapur was a big exporter of tea. Yes. For those reasons, they built the rail line through the Forbidden Mountain in the 1920s to help ship its tea. The Anandapur Tea Company. The Royal Anandapur. Royal. Get it right. Yeah. That railway closed in the 30s after a series of accidents. Did you know... That in the queue for Expedition Everest, there's an article from the Anandapur reporter mm -hmm. detailing that story. Yes. Ooh, you got two. Yeah, that I one. I actually have the story here if you want me to read it. There was one There was one time I went on Everest. For some reason, nobody was there, and I can't remember what the reason was. Could we have been there like right as the door was opening? Was I after, think, th after 3 o'clock, maybe, back in the old days? When no, no. I think we had gone to like a character <laughs> breakfast. I think we yeah. went to a breakfast, and then I went over there. And um, I, I just let everybody walk past me on the and went through the Yeti Museum mm -hmm. and read everything that was in there. I looked at everything. Took tons of pictures. I have a gajillion pictures of right. it in there. But yes, read the article. Oh, awesome. right. Read the article. All right. Uh, it is titled, Forbidden Mountain Railway Reopens, with the subtitle, Locals Fear Wrath of Yeti, from Shirkazong. Despite dire warning from irate local residents, the old Anandapur Rail Service route through Forbidden Mountain was reopened today. Closed since 1934 under mysterious circumstances, the railroad formerly <laughs> operated by the Royal Anandapur Tea Company was refurbished by Himalayan escapes, tours, and expeditions. The intent, say the operators, is to provide safe, efficient transport to its base camp at Mount Everest and Environs. Hundreds of Western trekkers and climbers are expected to make the journey to Sirkazong to book passage on the new service. In the heyday of the great tea plantations that flourished in the region, private rail lines were established to carry produce to distant markets. The Royal Anandapur Tea Company used the Forbidden Mountain Route extensively in the 1920s and early 30s. However, beginning in 1933, the railroad was plagued with accidents. Some drew a connection between the mishaps and the increasing British expeditionary attempts to reach the summit of Mount Everest, invoking the spirit of the guardian of the sacred mountain. 
1934, continual equipment breakdown and track breakages caused the tea company... A little spoiler alert there with the track break. A spoiler. Caused the tea company to shutter its facilities <laughs> and pull up stakes. The legend of a sacred beast continued to loom large among locals, coming to a head in 1982 with the tragic disappearance of the Forbidden Mountain Expedition. However... Warnings and naysayers aside, the daring entrepreneurs behind Himalayan escapes were determined to put out a loud, colorful show to celebrate their achievement. Local government officials in attendance trumpeted the event as a landmark enterprise, marking a new era of prosperity and opportunity for Sharkazang. It is indeed our hope that this is the case. End article. I, uh, I'm looking back through the old files of the website because if something tells me I wrote something about that and I can't the find article it. yeah 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 I can't find what what, what it was all about but um, <laughs> there's so many neat things like that in the in the queue for um, expedition ever before before we go further mm-hmm. explain a expand on that. Expand on what? On that article, because that's sort of laying the foundation of right, the backstory of, of the Everest. Explain the layout of Expedition Everest for those people who may not know what they're looking at and just sort of walk through and get on a ride. I mean, we're looking at Forbidden Mountain in the foreground, Everest in the back. Right. Explain what the queue is and just, just the sort of the general lay of the land for everybody as we move forward. Okay, some of these questions are going to invoke some of this that we're talking about now, but essentially you're walking first through uh, Tashi's gift shop, or shop, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Then you get to um, sort of this temple, we'll get to that in a second. Right. And uh, then the Yeti Museum. But I will incorporate all of that in some of these questions. And this queue, like Kali, is supposed to be the your, village, your of, village of Sherkazong. right? So when you see that name Sherkazong, you're 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 they're they're referring to what is only <laughs> the queue and the different uh, buildings of the queue. You have the you have the sort expedi- of also the gift shop afterwards and right, stuff. The gift shop, the expedition offices are there when you mm-hmm. walk through the queue. The booking office, right? Yep. The Yeti Museum is there. The temple, you know. So all these they're separate buildings you're walking through them all but they're but that's the village of Sirkazan and you ride the Anandapur rail which leaves out of there the to go station, to go on a Everest uh your uh, backpacking mm-hmm. climb is the is the purpose of it correct and then you never get there so continue i just wanted just so that people knew kind of get an idea of what of what we're talking about and why there's so much in <laughs> in the friggin' queue of this thing. It's like, you know, Kali is a great example, right? It's a lot like Kali River Rapids. I yeah, think. Kali River Rapids, when you're walking through the queue, you're actually walking yeah. through the village of Anandapur. You could see that Rody kind of took that concept, that right. concept and expanded Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. So. Okay, continue. Number three. Number three. Sirkazang is not far from Anandapur, and you must travel along a road. You'll pass some buildings along the way. Yeah. That is the Shangri-La Trekkers Inn. Uh-huh. And its competition is the bathroom? new Yeti Palace Hotel. Right. There's all also Gupta's Gear, which is that building with all those backpacks hanging out. Exactly. Um, and that's sort of the bathroom. There is okay. Right. 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 There's a bulletin board there. It used to that used to that you can use to leave messages among different trekkers. And there is a big debate brewing as to whether or not the Yeti is real on that board. Correct. As you make your way to Shirkazang, Dave, did you know? The meaning of Sirkazang is Fortress of the Chasm. No. No, I didn't know that. 
Never heard that before, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. I could tell you one you probably didn't know. Go ahead. Um, right next to your thing there, your, your, your building, your hotel. Mm -hmm. I think it's the hotel building. There's a cart. And the cart has bricks. Yes. Red bricks. I'm aware. Those are the only bricks in, in the all park. of Animal Kingdom. Yeah. I was aware of that. Everything else is made out of fiberglass. and Right. And, and there, <laughs> it looks like there's a lot of bricks in Harambe and yep. uh, Circus. Those on. are the actual only bricks. They went and got actual. They're actual bricks. Right? Yeah, they're just for display, and they're kind of, you know, bolted to the ground. But mm -hmm. they're but they are those are the only bricks in all of uh, in all of Expedition, in all of the park. So, but no, I never heard that. What does it mean again? The Fortress. Fortress of the, of the Chasm. 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 Okay. I think it's in reference to the... A for stone fortress that you f go through before you get to the mountain itself that sort of hangs over the chasm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Okay. I'll actually talk about that in a, in a little bit too. Dave, number four. The name of the entrepreneur's company is, of course, Himalayan Escapes, which we mm -hmm. talked about before. And mm -hmm. the owners are Norbu, a native of Anandapur, and his partner, Bob, a British person. They're identified, actually, in the queue by a letter from a Colonel Edward Blankard. Mm-hmm. The booking office is where you will find this letter. Right. And it also has some other items like the license of the company, the first rupee ever made by the by the pair. Yes, you can see and that there. And you'll also see uh, other tours going on for the company. You'll see one for the American Women's Expedition. You'll see one for really? the Anandapur Polo Club. That I've seen. You'll see one for the Anandapur Mountaineering Association. Mm, but did you know one of the signs is for a club called the Mouseketeer Mountaineer <laughs> Expedition. I do. And actually, I, I know that because uh, of all the ones you just named, when I was on a tour, which I think must have been Wild by Design, right. that was the only one they pointed out. Oh, really? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. It's it's hysterical looking. Right. But uh, yes, so I did know that one. Three, um, three out of four, Dave. Three Not out of bad. four. Yeah, Not well, bad. Mike, I spent a lot of time in you this You are place. well on your way this to is, getting this more than 50% uh, correct. This is one of the all-time great design pieces um, in Disney history, I don't mm -hmm. care what anybody says. So I've spent a lot of time with this, much more so than the than the animal trails. We talked briefly before about once you get through the booking office and the shop, you reach the temple. Do you know what the name of that <gasps> temple is and what kind of temple that is called? I can't remember. Shall I it's, give it to you? It's the one where you throw the coins in the... Well, it's right there, correct. Yeah. And there's also a pagoda. That's the actual temple itself. You sort of... The queue sort of walks around it. Right. It is a type of Hindu temple, Dave, dedicated to a specific deity. It's called a mandir. Mm. In this case, nah, the I specific... I can't say I remember that yeah. name. <laughs> in this case, the specific deity is the Yeti. Stone guardians are, are in front of the, the central right. pagoda where a statue of the Yeti sits. And, of course, everybody, especially who are on the line with uh, kids, knows about the bells that you can ring as you right. walk around it. Those bells are actually used to invoke the spirit of the de deity. So you're actually calling the Yeti when you're, when you're doing that. Right. When Joe Rohde went to the region, he spoke to a Rimpoke, who is a holy man, who said the Yeti is both a real animal and an immortal being which is why they have the temple there. Right. And temples were um, uh, uh, artistic representations of the Yeti are all over the Himalayas. 
So, you, I mean, it's not unusual um, to find that kind of stuff. I don't know about temples specifically for the Yeti. Right. I know there are a couple. There are a couple of famous places in the Himalayas that claim to have one one uh, temple claims to have um, a scalp of a Yeti. Right. And it is not such a thing. Well, they've been tested, and none of them are any of the well, any of the sort. Well, I, <laughs> or I anything even a, well unusual, like one's a black bear. <laughs> Right, 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 right. It's not even like unknown what it is. I'm not going to tell them that. I'll let I'll let you do that. But uh, uh, so they have. But there are so there are places of of Yeti worship. That's not um, it's not made up by any means. It's a, it is definitely mm-hmm. it's definitely worshipped as a god of the of the of the realm for sure. So so I don't know if it's it's based on any particular. I mean, I think they made that they made it out of whole cloth, but it's. Uh, but some of the representations, especially the ones that you, that you're throwing your coins at, trying to get it in the little cups, is uh, is uh, you know very evocative, very indicative of of stuff that's actually there that you'll see, which is you know right up Brody's alley. Anyway, continue, Dave. We all know the Yeti Museum. We talked about it a little bit, and that's one of the last things you see before getting to the train station. Many of the artifacts in there are real, but one. That is not is the exhibit of the mystery of the lost expedition, which was actually referenced in that article I read shortly before. This is a remnants of, or excuse me, the exhibit showing a remnants of a camp found with no survivors. There's the ripped up camp and some other beat up uh, things. Did you know on the wall of that exhibit, there are some photos, one of which shows a very blurry Yeti. Oh yeah, it's a cool picture. It's a really cool picture. Um... I'm trying to remember where. Say again where it is exactly, because I want people to know when they go. When you walk in to the Yeti Museum, you know how you wind right. through. There's that um, sort of exhibit with the ruined camp. You have the tent that's it's all like ripped the only up. thing that's not in glass. Everything Correct. else is behind glass. It's Mostly because that's one of the few things that's not actually real. A real artifact right. that they pulled from exactly from um, exactly. Nepal or Tibet. Um, but it's right there. So if you see it, it's on the wall behind the. Um, uh, the the ripped up camp and the the tent shredded to pieces. So the photo isn't real. The photo of the Yeti is not real. Oh, that kind of bursts a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving on to number seven. You're doing very well, Dave. I know that one is a great because because the the picture um the picture reminds me of a. Uh, one of the most famous, um, there's a lot of really famous abominable snowman Yeti um, stories. And one of the most famous is one from Russia. Uh, the Donner, was that the Donner part? What no, was, Donner no, party not was Donner. the one who ate themselves. That, right, not Donner. Um, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> in Can't remember the, I'll, I'll, I'll come to me later. But there was a rush, a bunch of, this was I think in the 60s. I remember, yeah. Um, went uh, it, camping in it wasn't Siberia, but it was in the mountains of of, um, of Russia, of southern Russia, and uh, they were killed. And very weird circumstances. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll come up with the name later and and, and let you know if you want to look it up. Um, but there is a really cool photo pulled off of uh, one of their cameras, and it, you know. It's probably a dude in a snowsuit, but you know, but right, but you know what I'm saying. It looks like the abominable snowman or the yeti or whatever or Bigfoot or whatever you want to call it, and it's it's really kind of cool. Anyway, I, be- I believe it's. Are you talking about um, when you say it? I'll know it. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. D y a t l o v pass. In Dyatlov Pass. Yep. Dyatlov is that how you pronounce uh-huh. it? Uh huh. Okay. 
Yep, that that's that's where it took place. Right. And it was an expedition of like young guys, yeah, like yeah, young people, people yeah. you know, in their twenties, college kids that went out there and then they and they were even like warned all the way through, don't go any further. It's crazy out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's a, It's like a Blair Witch movie. It is like a Blair Witch movie, yeah. And there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on with it, like a lot of things that happen to them. And I don't even want to get into it because it's gruesome. But there's a lot of real. They, a lot of these guys were didn't go well. It didn't go well. <laughs> no, no, it didn't go all. well. And the surrounding um, native population, for lack of a better term, um, is a little bizarre too. Like it, they, they were they were very sort of. I mean, this was a very remote area, and they were very unaccepting of people, or or had been known to be unaccepting mm-hmm. of people coming around. So you have all these layers of all this weird stuff. But there's a photo in there that reminds me of the expedition camp. So anyway, what's next? We have talked about the stand up by Q at length, uh, which also includes Tashi's trek and Tangba shop, where people about to embark on their journey can pick up some last minute supplies. You can actually see that Tashi actually lives in the shop. In one corner, there's a, car, a cot and some personal items. Did you know, Dave, that Tongba, T-O-N-G-B-A, is actually a Nepalese dr- alcoholic drink made from fermented millet, which is a type of grain? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, you didn't get that one? I didn't okay. know that. No, no, no. I can't believe you even thought of that, but okay. <laughs> Uh, well, no. It is a weird I'll take game. a loss on that one, Mike. <laughs> when people pass the shop, they see it's called Tashi's Trek and Tongba Shop. I'm sure a lot of people say, well, I get Trek, but <laughs> what right, is Tongba? Right. It's I actually uh, basically a hot beer. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Well, you put some hops in it, Mike, and it'll sell at your local brewery. And uh, if you, you <laughs> hop that up, it'll sell in Brooklyn for uh, $9 a pint. Dave, number eight. Did you know that the Yeti is actually the protector of the sacred? Of course. As we depart the station, you uh, see references to the tour company and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Right. But the first thing you pass as you leave is sort of the setup of totems of natives from Shurkazang. Sort of one last warning about the protector of the sacred. Um, Then you pass the converted stone fortress. There are many offerings inside. There is coins, flowers, fruit all along the side, and there's a Yeti depicted in the mural just over your head as you're passing through the fortress. Um, he is casting away evil spirits in that um, in that mural. Good, good. We need that. Joe Rohde, when he traveled to the uh, Nepal and the Tibetan region of China, uh, learned that many of the people viewed the, the Yeti as a protector of the land, not some sort of, not an animal or, or some sort of horrible creature but actually a good thing did you know that oh yeah of course okay yeah that was that's a uh that's a popular one can i can i want to backpedal and just just um sure just uh clear up a few things that i said that were probably incorrect um about the dyatlov pass incident okay um it took place in the ural mountains which is the um sort of the natural border between uh, Asia and what we would call Europe, um, I guess. Um, but that's Russia, isn't it? That's Russia. Okay. Yeah, but it's that. It's not Siberia. Oh, I don't oh, want people right, to think right, it's right. down by the Himalayas. So, okay. it's, so it's much further west. Much further west and north. I think it actually is up like near the Arctic Circle that far north gotcha. up there. Um, 
the incident that I'm talking about took place in the 1959. Well, you said 60s, I thought. Yeah, 1959. Um, and the reason why it became really popular, um, this is, I forgot to mention this before, it, it's something nobody heard of out here at all because the Russian government um, buried it. Right, you know, didn't talk about it. So, and and you couldn't get any, any information about it. People had heard rumors about it, and then once the fall of the Soviet Union occurred, um, you know, reporters and researchers started going. And the Russian government had kept all this stuff, mm -hmm. all these medical records, all these um, you know photographs, and and uh, there's just some really. I mean, when you see the when you see the camp that they put in the Yeti Museum. You'll and when you when you look at the pictures of the when they found the camp at in in the Ural Mountains in the Dyatlov Pass, you'll see where the inspiration for that whole camp thing came from. Okay, because that is uh, very there. I mean, it looks just like the same kind of tents torn to shreds. You know, all this kind of stuff, and it's. Uh, uh, it, you know, re really is this spot. I'm trying to find the photograph to show you. Not that it's great radio for me showing a picture of a of a of a you know a guy in a suit to Mike. But um, when you see the photograph, you'll see what I'm talking about of the what they thought was the snowman <laughs> or the wild man or whatever they called him right. at the time. Um, it's not quite as deep. I mean, the Yeti one is obviously... It's the, obviously a picture of... Uh, of their Yeti. Right. <laughs> Which I'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. So, Mike, there it is. See it? Yeah, I see it. I see it. So it's it's very much looks like a Bigfoot kind of thing. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. kind of. Go ahead. Anyway, all right. I don't want to show you the other pictures because they're gruesome. <laughs> I think you know this. I'm, I'd be shocked, Dave, if you okay. don't know this. Good, one. good, good, good. I like this. Did you know that Expedition Everest is not one building? It's not two buildings, but it's actually three separate structures. We're talking about the the, the ride. ride, right? So you, is one of those structures? The building which you load and unload. No. So it's four. So, well, I mean, <laughs> it, you have the ride, the roller coaster. You have the mountain. The inside and, of the mountain, right, right, right. And the Yeti, which is its own structure sort of building. Each one goes all the way to the ground, has its own foundation, and each of the three never touch each other um, in the entire ride. In total, there was about 218,000 square feet of prefabricated rockwork, and 32,000 bags of cement were used to build the, the, uh, all three of the structures. It opened on April 7, 2006, just a few weeks shy of the park's birth, eighth birthday. Did you know the three separate structures? Um, if I thought about it, I probably, I probably could... I mean, I'd have to go through my head as to where where I'm going. If you're referring to the track system as its own structure, I know that um, you can't connect the track system with the building, right? And, and that's true for of many structures of of almost every um, roller, coaster. roller coaster, especially you know ones that are fabricated uh, within uh, the scenery of a fiberglass right? <laughs> because it just moves too much. Right. It just shakes too much. And the, that gets us to why the Yeti doesn't work. The but difference here is that the Yeti is its own structure Yeti as is its own structure. the other two things. Yeah. No, I did know that. I, I didn't know when you said build, when you said structures, I'm thinking buildings. Right. That's why I thought is the, because I know that the, that the, uh, 
that you go inside a building, obviously, to see the Yeti. There's the building that you load and unload at. But if you're just talking about the, the actual physics behind the coaster, yeah. I, I know that the Yeti is separate. We'll, I'll, I'll touch on that at the end. I have a little more about the Yeti. One sort of last so, one. So I'm doing good. Right. There's one last one. Yeah. The Yeti was designed, of course, by Imagineers. They didn't have an actual Yeti to uh, design it after. So they used primates. That's this design team yep. went through gibbons, orangutans, mm-hmm. and all sorts of other primates. Did you know that they finally decided on a langer as its as the um, sort of the uh, influence of the yeti? How do you spell langer? Well, I'll get to you in a second. It's L A N G U R is how you spell langer. But more specifically, Let's see if I see the a langer in question no, I didn't is know the golden monkey. Which is um, famous for being one of the stars of Disney's Disney Nature's uh, Born in China. Uh, it was the golden monkey that was, um, for the most part, influencing the final design of the Yeti. Um, they all they did really to it, I mean, besides make it much much bigger, was add a sagittal crest that you would see on a silverback gorilla. Uh, like uh, male gorillas, the sagittal crest allows for much bigger jaw muscles and much bigger skull structure. Am I looking at the right thing here? Geese, golden langer? T- type in... A golden langer? Type, no. Type look in, at that. That looks like the Yeti. Nope, that's not it. Type in golden snub-nosed monkey. Oh, okay. Now, see, now, I'll tell you whether or not I knew this if I could, if I see it. <laughs> no. No, I didn't know that's what it was. I don't think I've ever seen that picture before. But you could see yep, where that's it. you could see where it came from for sure, especially the one with his mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up, folks. Golden snub nosed monkey. They are found in the general vicinity of you got a little yeti leopards, here. <laughs> and uh, they're in northern, or excuse me, southern China in the mountains. They don't quite get; they still stay at the tree line. They don't get quite up that high, but they are in colder weather. So I, I did, I did well here. Not bad. Speaking of which, Dave, I actually have extra credit for you. Okay, good. Why is the Yeti so big? What do you mean? Well, it's a very large creature, right, that you pass? Okay. Why, why is that? I mean, what, what was the desi- design decision? Sort of, yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure I remember hearing this. Well, here you go. Go ahead. There's actually... Where'd you get this from? Uh, Joe Rody. Okay. I had a conversation with him yesterday. Good. There's actually a rational, Such an idiot. biological reason for the Yeti being so large. In many cold areas, have larger animals. Like oh, the Siberian true. tiger is much larger uh-huh. than its cousins in the Bengal tiger and stuff. Polar bears. Arctic wolves are much larger than their eastern timber wolf cousins down south. Mm-hmm. That's because there's a lower ratio of surface area to mass lets them hold in their body heat more efficiently. So but 40 feet? But Disney decided to kind of uh, plus that a little bit and create a very large primate. If they had, but made, they had a rational reason behind it. Is all I'm saying. If they had made a 15 footer, it would probably still be working today. You, well, that's true. So, um, but that's it, Dave. You did very well. I think I've you got say six of them. I think. Got to say, I did. I did pretty well there. And and a couple of them, I think, if I thought about it some more, <laughs> I would have had it. I'm going to throw out a couple of little things for you guys that maybe you don't know. Um, the top, very the highest peak of Expedition Everest is 199 and a half feet. Um, 
it can't. You know why it can't be two hundred feet? I do know why. Because then you have to put a red blinking a light red, on top. Because according to Florida aviation law, you'd have to put a red blinking uh, thing on top. That's why all the structures in Disney, for the most part, are. Just under 200 feet. All the big ones, anyway. Right. The Tower old, of Terror is too, right? Tower of Terror is actually, if I'm not mistaken, over 200 feet. They have a but blinking. that's because they have lights on it. Because it's, uh, illum- it's okay. illuminated. So they could they could get past it. You can't have a dark peak without a blinking light on the uh, top. I as long as it's illuminated, it's fine. So you can, you know, it's like... Sure, sure, I got you. So, they, so I, I believe that's over it. Um, I could be wrong about that. People will, I'm sure... Hit me over the head for not having that. This right. is not ten things you didn't know about Twilight Zone Tower. Right, Tower. right. So it's one hundred ninety nine <laughs> and a half feet. Um, can't can't exceed that. Um, Travel Channel aficionados, if you've never been through the Expedition Everest queue, you will find a, a picture of a man named Josh Gates from a one of my favorite shows called Expedition Unknown. He is a uh, one of these. Uh, <laughs> What was the show he did before? Destination Truth? Destination Truth. Truth also which, a good one. Which was on Sci-Fi. Maybe. I believe. That sounds not on, not on the Travel Channel. He upgraded uh, to the Travel Channel, which I'm sure pays more. Um, so he he did a um, an exp- he, he he chases legends and you know goes to uh, goes to Loch Ness and uh, you know and all these sorts right. of things. The new show now that's on Travel Channel is a little more grounded in fact and kind of into like he did a um, a show where he went to Siberia to. Um, Find mammoth, woolly mammoth, right? You know, artifacts and and um, fossils. And yeah, I remember like he that. went to Norway on one to figure out how they um, uh, guided themselves through fog with like a sundial exactly, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. He's done a lot of Viking related things, a lot right. of history stuff on right. Travel Channel. The one on Sci-Fi was kind of more about like chasing Bigfoot, right? And uh, you know, your various Jersey Devil and Chupacabras and all that kind of. Never stuff. Never found any of them, by the way. Except. <laughs> Go ahead. He has in the Yeti Museum a cast of a footprint that he found while on an expedition uh, for at, in the in the Himalayas looking for the Yeti, the abominable snowman. If you ever saw the episode um, of it, it's it, it doesn't really do justice to what kind of occurred. He. He's he he's you know they're in the woods and oh, what's that and you know they're typical finding Bigfoot stuff. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. there's something big over there. Let's run. And, and they found this footprint lying in the ground. They found a couple of them. This was mm-hmm. the only one that really was good enough to cast. Um, you know, and this is they're chasing the noise of something walking, or at least that's what they claim. Um, uh, and they took this cast, and then it turned into a big media sensation in whatever country they were in. I'm not sure if they were in Nepal, but you know wherever they were at the time. Um, a huge media sensation. He went around with, you know, with people taking pictures of it, all sorts of stuff. And that cast is actually in the Yeti Museum. Um, Josh Gates and Joe Rody are friends. Right, I knew that. And uh, he and, and uh, they're Josh, both part of the Explorers Club, which yep, is based out of yep. New York City. But and, go ahead. And Josh wanted to have some. You know, he thought when when Rody was building this sort of tribute to. The Yeti Museum. He he wanted to give him this thing and kind of get rid of it too. Because <laughs> just having footprints of Yetis can be a little controversial in certain areas of the globe. Not only that, but it's kind of boring just to have in your living room. But he put it. Yeah, on it's not really somewhere. the nicest. It's not really the nicest thing you ever saw. Um, there were two, and if you can find them, folks, please send them to me. Two terrific, 
travel channel or discovery channel mm, documentaries right around the opening of the um of the ride in 2006 2007 time i forget what if it was before or after the actual opening of the ride um one was about the actual construction of the yeti and mm-hmm. the of the of the build, called building the thrill ride or something which is really kind of the nuts and bolts of what mike was talking about with the three different structures and the way the yeti works and and at the time you all you saw was the silhouette the shadow of the yeti you couldn't really they didn't reveal it to you you just kind of saw how big it was and all that kind of stuff and then the other one which is the one I've been looking for forever because I ne- I didn't record it was called uh, Journey to Sacred Lands. It was actually a Travel Channel show where uh, Joe Rody where they showed the research. Yeah, I be- I believe. Can I- you find that anywhere? I believe it's on YouTube. On YouTube, I think so. I'm going to look it up. I'm not 100% sure about that. I want a Blu-ray copy because well, it's sure. wonderful. I mean, there were DVDs <laughs> bandied about, but they're long since. They're long since yeah. gone. And I've actually asked um, Joe Rohde if, if there was any way to get them. And he says, you know, I, I, I may have one or two hanging around. He said, but, it, you know, they're not really. They don't have them anymore. They don't They do not do it anymore. So he, he kind of put the kibosh on that. There were a few others released afterwards. Uh, uh, Corwin's, Jeff Corwin thing and, and all that kind of stuff that kind of went around there. So if you ever want to get into sort of the nuts and bolts of this without reading too much, uh, you know, <laughs> text about backstory, look up those two things. Uh, Expedition Everest, Journey to Sacred Lands. And the other one was called Building a Thrill Ride, Expedition Everest, both uh, released either on the Travel Channel or Discovery Channel, which are kind of related anyway, um, right around 2006, 2007. Um, and the last thing I wanted to mention was the Yeti. Mike and I have talked about the Yeti a lot. Uh, the now pejoratively referred to as the Disco Yeti. You talk about him a lot more than I do. Because, um, and I just wanted to read to you, this is something that we've uh, discussed many times, but as we finish up, uh, <laughs> Joe Rody's quote from the 2013 D23. 2013? Was that long 2013 ago? D23 Expo, which kind of really talks about, um, you know, the. We, I can't tell you how many times, especially when we first started this, we would get the question, when are they going to fix this? Why haven't they fixed this? What are they doing? It's ridiculous. Okay. Why does it look like that? So, and I want to give you the whole roadie quote just to put a bow on this little Everest uh, show here. He said, you have to understand, it's a giant complicated machine sitting on top of a 46-foot tall tower in the middle of a finished building. So it is very hard to fix, but we are working on it, and we continue to work on it. We have tried several things, which he put in quotes, none of them quite to get to the key, turning of the 40-foot tower inside of a finished building, but we are working on it. I will fix the Yeti someday, I swear. Right. So it is an incredibly difficult thing to build. Um, my, I, I think what you're going to find is sooner or later they'll get down to a 15-foot Yeti like we talked about before. Oh, you think that's what they'll do? Just remove that thing? I don't see what else they can do. I mean, I, I, Mike and I have discussed this, uh, so I'm sorry for those who are repeating this but because um, we talked about it a lot. But the, the other things that I've heard, and um, Mike has heard this too, um, is that it's actually physically the, the motion of this giant, incredibly powerful hydraulic machine mm-hmm. is actually shaking the very foundation of the of the thing that it's on. Right. The structure Crack the base that it's on. is what I heard. Crack the base. Um, and... You know, foundations for things like this in Florida, 
is in itself a tricky thing because you know the the water table in Florida is so high and the ground is so soft and it's you know it's difficult to build anything of this kind of magnitude in Florida. Um, so I think they kind of made a you know the the uh, the physicists and the engineers is the word I'm looking for the engineers who who did this kind of made some mistakes on yep, on absolutely. on how uh, powerful it would be and how much the weight movement would work. Um, so it's not it's not. From what I understand, it's not the actual Yeti audio animatronic itself that has an issue. It's right. It's the foundation that it's on. So they could turn it on tomorrow if they wanted to, but it might fall down and take everything else with it. Right. Um, and they can't do that. So it's going to take a huge amount of time to and fix that. And work. And work. And money. And, and money. And I think that you're probably going to find that the most cost-effective thing to do would be to repair the foundation as much as you can and then build a less powerful Yeti. I think the most cost-effective thing that they could do is just never fix it. Leave it as a statue. Mm. They could do that. And I suspect that's what they will do. That's why I think they'll never spend the tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars it would take to fix the thing. I will fix the Yeti someday. Yeah, well... I swear. I be- I'm sure Joe believes that, but he doesn't write the checks. The Disney company writes the, the checks. fix the Yeti someday. Ultimately. I swear. So Joe could go to Bob Iger tomorrow and say, I need to get $75 million to fix this. I don't think it'll this. cost that much. All right, $50 million. I don't think it'll 40. cost that much either. Nah, what do you, nah, what do you nah, think it'll be? Nah. 20 This is why I'm saying, if they... Be- How much do you think the... Um, <laughs> the the audio animatronic, the new audio animatronic in Pandora costs. Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea how Not much. much. I um, couldn't couldn't. It's not forty million dollars. Um, if they built something that size, maybe slightly bigger, put it closer to the track, did a little something different with it. They still have to use the foundation. Get, if it was get the small, big one out of there, but it, they could make it small enough where they don't need its own giant building. Okay, but they have to remove the old one. Yes, they have to remove the you know, but they but they but they could leave a lot of what's there in place, you know, um, except for the old Yeti itself. So I don't think it's that expensive. I also don't think Joe Rody would say that like that without knowing that he could have a budget of some kind to fix this. He's I just guess, trying just, to figure out a way to do it. I just think when push comes to shove, the people who actually write the checks will say. Why are we spending blank millions of dollars to fix this when it's two seconds and it won't affect, it won't impact the line or the number of people go on it at all? There's nobody that goes to Animal Kingdom and says, I'm not writing Expedition Everest because the Yeti doesn't work. There's not a single soul. Yeah, but maybe, got, maybe five people. Right, but Imagineering does go a little bit beyond that, don't you think, Mike? Not much anymore. So what you're saying is that if Joe Rody put in a proposal to have a um, giant Hulk there, that he would get that. <laughs> giant Hulk where? It's, take the Yeti out and put in Darth Vader. He would get that? If you would, yes. If, <laughs> if they were going to retheme it to... Uh, put in Chewbacca? Wakanda, have the Black Panther and uh, Hulk audio animatronic, they probably would write that off. They probably would say okay to that faster than they would say... Let's just fix the Yeti for fifteen million dollars or ten million dollars or whatever. I just, I just don't so see them depressing. writing the check eventually. So I just depressing. don't. You're probably right, Mike. You're probably right. It's very depressing. Anyway, well, that may be. But that's it, right? We're done. That's it. That's it. All right. Uh, 
Don't forget to um, join us on Twitter. Mike is at Jumbo Everyone. I'm at, at Radio Harambe. Uh, you can join us on Instagram at Disney's Animal Kingdom, uh, Facebook. If you still use that, it's Jumbo Everyone. Face what? Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting to post on there too. It's luck- luckily, the uh, the the website that does our podcast allows you to immediately share it to Facebook. So now I can at least get the podcast on the Facebook feed as much as possible. But I never even go on that anymore. I don't know how popular it is but um but it's there jumbo everyone you can also go to jumboeveryone.com mike still posts a few uh his blogs are sort of fading fast they are i usually put a weekly news when i can yeah but uh the the, the way to get your information is through the twitters i think at this point and listening to this podcast um and we got some great plans coming up for the future so stay tuned for safari mike i'm dave mcbride quaterini go well and thank you for listening to radio harambe Kwa kwa melako na kungu